Hey there, listener. Welcome back to Her Healing Hour. I am Lisa, the Alkali Yogi, reporting for duty for all minority women and women alike. Why? Because I believe that women are the healers of our precious, precious planet. I'm also here for the fellas, yeah, don't worry. I've not forgotten about you. I was listening to an informative podcast by Paul Czech. He is the founder of the Czech Institute. And if you did not know, I am a licensed holistic lifestyle coach with the Czech Institute. It was an in-depth dive into the layers associated with decision-making and more importantly, how to make the optimal decision. And it dove into how the physical and the metaphysical all play a part in the processing of how we make our decisions. I'm not going to lie to you, it was quite meaty and it made an impact on me. I decided to create an abridged, if you will, sort of a bite-sized version of that episode as a, an introduction, if you will, um, so that you may be introduced to certain concepts that can carry a lot of weight with you because they uh, carried a lot of weight with me. <laughs> and if you feel like you want more after you've listened to this podcast, feel free to pop on over to Paul Check's podcast. Uh, if your interest has been piqued, I'll be sure to leave the details of his show in the show notes. All right, let's jump in, shall we? So, Paul Check has identified three options when we're faced with decision-making. Making. making. <laughs> I've mentioned them before. The first option is the optimal choice, which benefits you and everyone on your dream team. The second option is the suboptimal choice, which benefits you but can create problems with those on your dream team. And your third option is to do nothing. Now, this is not the same as apathy. This simply means you're going to take your time to weigh your options fully. And to weigh your options, you must first be able to access information on opposing sides. <laughs> so perhaps you're wondering, what does this have to do with holistic health? Well, for starters, holistic health, which is by definition the only way to really define health, is all-encompassing. That means if your body is not healthy, your mind is not healthy. And if your mind is not healthy, it means you've not dealt with your dark shadow. All of these facets affect your decision-making ability and potential. And making decisions is arguably what differentiates us from animals. Paul Cech said it in another way. It's not that there aren't disgruntled bears in the world, but they don't start forest fires because forest fires because they are not conscious. Due to the polarity of the planet that we live on, <laughs> like anything else, uh, free will can be both a gift and a curse because with it comes a great deal of responsibility. One could also say that animals don't make poor decisions when it comes to their nutrition because they don't possess free will or consciousness. An animal that eats grass and herbs is not all of a sudden going to eat cashews or meat because they, quote unquote, feel like it. No, they'll stick to what they're supposed to eat, what they're designed to eat without question, so long as they're in their natural environments and humans don't get involved. <laughs> 
So what happens when we don't exercise our free will? When we give away our power, whether knowingly or not? Well, I'd say it's a slow and painful death by a thousand cuts. You see, early on, we're taught not only by our parents, but also by our educational system and society at large to fall in line and obey authority figures. At this point, you might be saying to yourself, well, law and order is a requirement for a society to function well. But doesn't God know best? And God granted us free will. Yet, we've put some people in charge of us in almost every facet of our lives. This implies that there is something wrong with us and that certain people are more deserving of access, of power, and maybe even of wealth. On a grander scale, you might be able to see how this could lead to things like powerful organizations, i.e. cults, religions, militaries, and monarchies, to name a few. How many times throughout recorded history have the same organizations and leaders proven that they are no less susceptible to making grave and deadly mistakes when it comes to making a decision? And yet we continue to give our power away, our free will and discernment to others. This is a bigger problem than it appears at first blush because it points to a society at large of children and adolescents who are occupying adult bodies. Sure, it may be considered normal to constantly be told what to do when you're very, very young, but that is not what we were designed for. On the contrary, we are here to experience ourselves to our greatest capacity, and that requires the exercise of decision-making. So as to evolve as beings who came here for the fullest expression of our earthly um, opportunity, time, if you will. However, at virtually every turn, we've been stifled from becoming the most competent versions of ourselves. Let's be brutally honest. It takes far more work and effort to have to make a decision for ourselves than it does to be told what to do. Psychologist studies have shown that approximately 90% of the world's population has not matured past the level of a 12-year-old. This means that most people have not evolved past the grip of their own egos. And your ego, by the way, is not even anything that you authored. 99, well, 98 to 99% of your ego has been conditioned and programmed by outside forces. You're not the originator of the thoughts, the ideas that you cling so tightly to. They came from elsewhere. So again, we have given away our power, and in doing so, we have given away our chance to live an authentic and purposeful life. If you believe in reincarnation, then this is what karma looks like the endless loop of returning and suffering until you mature enough to complete your soul's purpose on this plane. To end this cycle of birth, death, birth, and death, one must first wake up to the illusions of this reality, which include believing that 
anyone or any group is somehow closer to God or to the truth than we are. In truth, we are all made in her likeness, and she is experiencing herself through us. So it is our duty in service to her to stop being lazy and to mature to the point where we can think and make optimal decisions for ourselves. Now, I know it's easier said than done. Nevertheless, it can be done. For starters, you can get your body clean. Because what did I say earlier? You can't have a clean or functional or healthy mind without a clean, functional or healthy body. Remove the rubbish, the gluten, the sugar, the preservatives, the sprays, the additives that are all designed to keep you asleep. But that's the easy bit, to be more honest with you. If rather, if I'm being honest with you, the more difficult part is removing the fluoride, the mercury, the aluminum, and the glyphosate from your life and body. You see, these ingredients have tuned you, you heard me right, I said tuned, you into a radio tower that makes you susceptible to programming not unlike a radio station is tuned to a specific channel. Now, perhaps some might say this was all coincidence, if you believe in coincidences, that these four compounds are heavily present throughout our lives, from our water supplies to our food chains to the vaccines that they inject in our bodies, these four compounds have made us the perfect receiver. Now, why would anyone do this to us? Obviously, to make us fall in line and follow suit in the same way that animals do. That is to say, to make us so we are without our free will. This renders us ideal assets for greedy billionaires and corporations to turn us into weapons that get them whatever they want and by any means necessary. You don't believe me? I'd like to read to you an excerpt from an interview conducted by the British comedian Russell Brandt of former diplomat Carney Ross. This is what Carney Ross had to say. The experience of being around people in power, ministers, prime ministers, and presidents is one of the reasons I became an anarchist. It is a bit of a myth that these folks are really impressive and competent and know what they are doing. A lot of them are well-intentioned. A lot of them are competent, but we put them on a pedestal. And we want to believe they are heroic and they have some kind of access to truth and reason that the rest of us don't have. And I never really saw that. I'd like to take a pause here before I continue with more excerpts from that interview. I'd like to define for you what anarchy is. Because most people believe that anarchy is chaos and right off bat they're going to be turned off by the fact that he said he became an anarchist. So let's clarify. Anarchy is not chaos. It is centralized power is abolished and instead democracy is practiced at every level of decision making. That is anarchy. Continuing on. 
The idea of national interest is not humane, which are by their very nature regarded as amoral, non-life affirming. States are allowed to do things that individuals are not allowed to do. Above all, commit violence. States have the monopoly on violence. He went on to say, I reject the state-based system because I saw it from the inside and I saw what it's capable of and I saw the way pe- it, this and I saw the way it made people behave. One of the most disturbing things I felt about it was that was that I wanted to regard people like me and my colleagues as decent people and in many ways they were decent people. I thought of myself as a decent person and yet You are put into a framework that allows you to do terrible things. And this is the history of moral crimes. Usually people are put in circumstances that make them behave badly. People are not innately evil. They wouldn't otherwise choose to do evil things. Does that remind you of another time, perhaps? Maybe a time that we're living through right now, where it's perhaps questionable and dubious that everyone tell us that the only way to get back to normal is to make the same decision. A decision which no one can definitively say won't have adverse long-term effects two, three, five, and seven years down the line. Again, we have been told to give up our free will and to follow suit and fall in line for the greater good. This to me reminds me of a time that I personally did not live through, but it reminds me of the crimes of Nazi Germany, the Third Reichs, where again, ordinary people and the medical system were recruited to do extraordinary things the, the Tuskegee experiment. Let's not forget the transatlantic slave trade. Worldwide colonization, to name but a few times that people behaved badly because they were put in a framework to do so. People like Gates, Musk, Bezos, or all at the level of decisions Decisions that impact the entire world. Do we know for certain that they are in balance, that they are healthy, physically, mentally, spiritually? Because there does seem to be a concerted effort to silence any opposition. So how can an optimal decision be weighed or made without opposition? You see, according to them, science is settled. But science, of course, is never settled. And what's more, science, which is a model of investigation, has very much been entangled with finance, economics, and corporate interests the same way that politics have been entangled with lobbying. What's driving this? My guess is the fear of free will. Because free will would not ensure that we would continue to go to IE war and steal resources from other countries that don't belong to us in order to keep the wealthy wealthy. 
ethical standards, they will always be hard to maintain. Moral standards will always be hard to maintain. I would say life-affirming standards will always be hard to maintain when corporate interests and finances are involved. And the media, which is supposed to be objective and free from state, religion, corporate interests, it has been weaponized to shape people's perceptions by instilling fear, again, robbing us of the ability to make an, a decision for ourselves, nevertheless, an optimal decision for ourselves. For example, CNN keeps the COVID numbers on the screen 24 hours a day. Now, in actuality, the, numbers, the number of deaths of people with COVID make up less than 1% of the, num- of the numbers that, of the people that contracted COVID. Let me repeat that. The number of deaths of people with COVID make up less than 1% of the numbers that contracted COVID, which is something that the CDC has been telling us for nearly a year. On average, those that did succumb and had COVID when they died had an average of nearly four underlying conditions, which means that they died with COVID, but not from COVID. And so, although CNN flashes the numbers, 30 million people in the United States have tested positive for COVID, and there have been almost 600 deaths we have become too lazy to calculate that 600,000 when divided by 30 million equals 0.02%. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying those numbers aren't tragic because every death is tragic. Let me say it again, every death is tragic. However, why is the media choosing to incite so much fear and confusion along with other organizations such as the CDC, which will tell us that the survival rate is over 99.6%, which proves to be true based even on the numbers that are flashed on the screen. But when you create confusion and fear in people, It disempowers them from making a a decision for themselves, a decision that is best for themselves. In essence, it is robbing them of their free will, which is their not only civil right, it is their God-given right. And when we do this, we are not evolving. Instead, we are devolving. And that's simply not natural in the natural world. You see, we're supposed to be evolving. And when you evolve at learning how to make decisions and optimal ones, it looks as follows. You think about A, what would love do? And B, is it true? You see, when you ask yourself those questions, then you start to learn how to make the best decision for you first and foremost. Eventually, as you continue to grow, 
you will then consider how it will affect others that you're engaged with. So you go from making an optimal decision just for you to making an optimal decision just uh, an optimal decision for we. And then the next stage is learning to make an optimal decision for the all. How will it affect the whole world? So based on that, can you say definitively today, at this moment, in 2021, that the people that are very much in charge, the leaders, the corporations, big tech, big pharma, the billionaires that are running this whole entire planet, have they evolved to the point where they are making the best and optimal decisions that will affect the whole world. I urge you to go inside yourself to find that answer. It's not something that you'll be able to ascertain through the mind, but rather it will come through you, through you, via your heart. I'm currently abstaining from food for this very reason so that I can be quiet. As one of my friends said to me the other day, it is listening season. It is time that I quiet the noise, the propaganda, the fear and confusion so that I can hear from the one source so that I can get some clarity about what's really going on here and so that I can make the best, the optimal decision for me and those on my dream team. Because it starts with the I before it evolves to the we and then finally the all. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you tuning in week after week. Please let me know what you thought. I'd love to hear your feedback, comments, amendments, additions. (laughs) I'm open. I'm receptive, but not like a radio receiver. (laughs) Until next time, be well and stay well. Bye for now.